wake up on a slab covered with dried blood and viscera. Next to you is a device that looks like some kind of sewing machine. Arms with hooks, tubes, and metallic thread hang from it. Around you is a system of rails running throughout the room. It looks like these slabs can be moved around on these rails. You catch movement from the corner of your eye. A floating skull? No. You realize as it speaks. A floating, talking skull. Hey, Chief, you okay? You playing cops so you putting the blinds in the dusties? <laughs> I thought you were a dead of a shot. Uh, uh, who are you? Huh? Who am I? Well, how about you start? Who are you? I... I don't know. I... I can't remember. You can't remember your name? <laughs> well, next time you spend a night in this burg, go easy on the bub. Name's Mort. I'm trapped in here too. Trapped? Yeah. Since you haven't had time to get your legs yet, here's the chant. I've tried all the doors, and this room is locked tighter than a chastity belt. We're locked in? Where? What is this place? It's called the Mortuary. It's a big black structure with all the architectural charm of a pregnant spider. The Mortuary? What? Ugh. Am I dead? Not from where I'm standing. You got scars aplenty, though. Looks like some Burke painted you with a knife. <laughs> all the more reason to give this place the laugh before whoever carved you up comes back to finish the job. Scars? How bad are they? Well... The carvings on your chest aren't too bad, but the ones on your back? <laughs> Say, it looks like you've got a whole tattoo gallery on your back, Chief. Spells out something. Tattoos on my back? What do they say? Hey, it looks like you come in directions. Uh, <clears throat> let's see. Uh, it starts with... Uh, I know you feel like you've been drinking a few kegs of sticks, Wash, but you need to center yourself. Among your possessions is a journal that'll shed some light on the dark of the matter. Farad can fill you in on the rest of the chant if he's not in the dead book already. Farad? <sighs> Does it say anything else? Yeah, there's a bit more. Uh, let's see, it goes on. Uh, don't lose the journal, or we'll be up to sticks again. And whatever you do, do not tell anyone who you are or what happens to you, or they'll put you on a quick pilgrimage to the crematorium. <laughs> do what I tell you. Read the journal... Then find Farad. Ah, no wonder my back hurts. There's a damn novel written there. As for that journal I'm supposed to have with me, was the one with me while I was lying here? No. You were stripped to the skins when you arrived here. Besides, looks like you got enough of a journal penned on your body. What about Farad? Do you know him? Nobody I know. But then again, I don't know many people. Still, some Burke's gotta know where to find Farad. Uh, once we get out of here, that is. How do we get out of here? Well, all the doors are locked, so we'll need the key. Chances are one of the walking corpses in this room has it. Walking corpses? Yeah. The motorway keepers use dead bodies as cheap labor. The corpses are as dumb as stones, but they're harmless and won't attack you unless you attack first. So what? Should I attack one of these corpses and loot it for the key? Is there some other way? Oh, what? You think it's gonna hurt their feelings? <laughs> They're dead. But if you want a bright side of this, if you kill them, at least they'll have a rest before the keepers raise them up to work again. Well, alright. I'll take one of them down and get the key. Well, before you do that, 
Arm yourself first. I think there's a scalpel on one of the shelves around here. All right, I'll look for one. Oh, one last thing. Those corpses are as slow as molasses, but getting punched by one of them is like being kissed by a battering ram. If they start getting an edge on you, remember, you can run. They can't. Use it to keep some distance if you need to recover. All right. Thanks for the advice. Amongst the bloody rags and old rusted surgical tools on the shelves, you find a serviceable scalpel and a few clean bandages. All right. You found a scalpel. Now, go get those corpses. And don't worry, I'll stay back and provide valuable tactical advice. Maybe you could help me, Mort. I will be helping you. Good advice is how to come by. I meant help in attacking the corpse. Me? I'm a romantic, not a soldier. I just get in the way. When I attack this corpse, you better be right there with me, or you'll be the next thing that I plunge the scalpel in. Hey, all right, I'll help you. I'm glad we understand each other. Time to introduce these corpses to the second death, then. Let's go. You see three animated corpses tending to various bodies on the metal slabs. The bodies are in differing states of dissection. One looks like someone turned it inside out. A machine at the head of the table has peeled back the skin on the forehead, giving direct access to the skull. Another is covered in blood and completely gutted. You walk to the nearest zombie. The shambling corpse looks like it has been dead for several years. The skin along its forehead has also been peeled back, revealing its chalk white skull. Someone has chiseled the number 569 into the exposed bone. Hey, I'm looking for a key. Uh, do you happen to have one? Uh, Chief, they can't hear you, all right? They're dead. But you're dead, and you're talking to me. Yeah, but I'm special. Death couldn't kill my zest for life. These cops is here? Well, they probably didn't have much personality to begin with. Uh, I see. Look, Chief... Watching you trying to swap the chant with these corpses isn't doing much for my morale. Let's leave the cops talk for the bombies, alright? Alright, let's go. You approach the second zombie. This corpse's head lolls back and forth on its shoulders. Judging from the angle of the neck, it looks as though this man may have been hanged. The number 825 has been painted on the side of his head. You examine the corpse to see if it is carrying the key. It is carrying nothing, but you happen to notice its hands are heavily bandaged. The bandages might be useful if the corpse was disposed of first. The third corpse stops and stares blankly at you as you approach. The number 782 is carved into its forehead and its lips have been stitched closed. The faint smell of formaldehyde emanates from the body, barely covering the unbearable stench coming from the cloth-covered corpse lying next to it. You notice... A small metal key grasped in its left hand, thumb and forefinger locked around it in a death grip. I need that key, corpse. Looks like you're not long for this world. You plunge the scalpel deep into the side of the zombie's head, and it slumps to the ground with a heavy thud. The second zombie notices and lurches a clumsy swing at Mort, just missing the bobbing skull. A few stabs into its chest with your scalpel quickly stills the now twice dead corpse. You take the extra bandages and hack the key free from the still grasped hand. All right, that's the key. It must fit the lock of one of the doors of this room. You push open the heavy rusted doors with a grinding squeal, revealing a room with two large slabs on rotating platforms, each attended by a zombie. 
both with female forms. Psst, some advice, Chief. I'd keep it quiet from here on. No need to put any more corpses in the dead book than necessary, especially the femmes. Plus, killing them might draw the caretakers here. Why do you care about the female corpses? What? I, I, are you serious? Look, Chief, these dead chits are the last chance for a couple of hardy bashes like us. We need to be chivalrous. No hacking them up for keys, no lopping the limbs off, things like that. Last chance? What are you talking about? Chief, they're dead. We're dead. You see where I'm going? Eh? Eh? You can't be serious. Chief, we already got an opening line with these limping ladies. We've all died at least once. We'll have something to talk about. They'll appreciate men with that kind of death experience. But wait... Didn't you say before that I'm not dead? Well, alright, you might not be dead, but I am. And from where I'm standing, I wouldn't mind sharing a coffin with some of these fine, sinewy cadavers I see here. Mort starts clacking his teeth, as if in anticipation. Cause the caretakers would have to part with them first, and that's not likely. Where did all these corpses come from? Death visits the plains every day, Chief. These lummoxes are all that's left of the parsards who sold their bodies to the caretakers after death. Enlighten me. Who are these caretakers? They call themselves the Dustmen. You can't miss them. They have an obsession with black and rigor mortis of the face. They're an adult bunch of ghoulish death worshippers. They believe everybody should die sooner better than later. I'm confused. Why do these Dustmen care if I escape? Weren't you listening? I said the Dusties believe everybody's gotta die. Sooner better than later. You think the corpses you've seen are happier in the dead book than out of it? Alright, uh, I'll try to remember that. Look, Chief, you're still a little addled after your kiss with death. So two bits of advice for you. One, if you got questions, ask me, alright? Alright, if I have any questions, I'll ask you. Second, if you're half as forgetful as you seem to be, start writing stuff down. Whenever you come across something that might be important, jot it down so you don't forget. If I had that journal I was supposed to have with me, I'd do that. Start a new one then, Chief. No loss. There's plenty of parchment and ink around here to last you. Hmm. Alright. It couldn't hurt. I'll make a new one then. Use it to keep track of your movements. If you ever start to get cloudy on important things, like who you are, or more importantly, who I am, use it to refresh your memory. Alright. I got it. Let's go. As you pass, one of the shambling corpses stares at you with their vacant eyes. Her skin is paper-thin, almost wispy. It's like someone draped a sheet of cobwebs across her frame. The number 594 is scratched in charcoal across her forehead. So, you doing anything later? She stares blankly back at you. Farewell, then. Psst. You see the way she was looking at me? Huh? You see that? the way she was following the curve of my occipital bone. You mean that blank-eyed, beyond-the-grave stare? What? Are you blind? She was scouting me out. It was shameless the way she wanted me. I think you and your imagination need some time away from each other. Oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. When you've been dead as long as I have, you know the signals. They may be too subtle for you to pick up on, but that's why I'll be spending my nights with some luscious, recently dead chit. While you're standing around going, Huh, what's going on? Where's my memories Whatever, Mort. Let's go. You see another zombie, lumbering in a triangular path. Once it reaches one of the corners of the triangle, it pauses, then turns and staggers to the next corner. Hey, looks like someone forgot to tell this sat to stop walking the rule of threes. What do you mean? These corpses don't have much left in the attic. 
so they can't do more than one task at a time. When they're told to do something, they'll keep doing it until someone tells them to stop. This poor sod probably finished some task, and they forgot to tell him. Who gives them their commands? Either one of the caretakers here, or else whatever necromancer raised them out of the dead book. Probably one of the caretakers here. They're the ones who need the cheap labor, after all. I see. What was it you said before, about the rule of threes? Huh? Oh, well, the rule of three is one of those laws about the planes, about things tending to happen in threes, or everything's composed of three parts, or there's always three choices, and so on and so forth. You don't sound like you hold much faith in it. It's a lot of wash, if you ask me. If you look for a number, any number, and try to attach some great meaning to it, you're going to find plenty of coincidences. Understood. In the next room are more slabs. More zombies padding, mindless between the bandaged cadavers, wrapping their rotting incisions. The walls are lined with murky barrels and shelves covered with old books, parchment, and bottles of dark black ink. A zombie with the number 1201 inked on its forehead turns to face you. The ink has run down its eyes, cheeks, and jaw. As you follow the ink tears down the corpse's face, you notice it has run into the stitching, sealing the corpse's lips shut, and has caught on what looks like the corner of a note stuck in the corpse's mouth. You cut the stitches with the scalpel, and the corpse's jaw sags open. Despite the condition of the paper, the writing still appears legible. Please, to whatever dustman reads this, I beg of you. I know of my legal obligation under the terms of the dead contract, but I am prepared to offer more than my signing fee if you will cremate my body rather than raising it. I have arranged for this note to be left on my body upon my death. If you are reading this, then please use this note as instructed and accept the result in exchange for my contracted duty. Let my contract number serve as the key. Beneath the writing is a diagram instructing you to fold the note so the corners touch the center. There is a series of strange symbols marked on each corner, one on the upper right, two on the lower right, three on the lower left, and none on the upper left. You fold the upper right corner inward so its point touches the center, followed by the lower right corner. As you then fold the upper left corner, the upper right unfolds by itself, resuming its normal position. As you fold the upper right corner back to the center, the lower left corner mirrors the action until all the corners touch in the center. You watch for a moment, and the corners of the paper raise up, turning the note into a small four-sided paper pyramid. You peel back the sides of the pyramid, and the paper disintegrates into dust. Inside is a small triangle-shaped earring. It gleams as it catches what little light there is. Despite its beauty, all it seems to do is remind you how strange this world you've woken up in is. You return to searching the shelves and find enough paper and ink to start your journal, along with some fist irons and 13 copper pieces. You also find a thickly bound book with the title Receiving Room Logbook engraved on the side. This huge logbook lists mortuary procedures in a tight, crabbed script. All shells entering the mortuary are to be delivered to the receiving room and logged with the scribe on duty before being embalmed or cremated. The records are to be checked to determine if the shell is one of the contracted, and if so, do not prepare the shell. Move the shell to one of the preparation rooms. Contact the scribe on duty and notify him that a contracted shell is to be raised. 
be certain that a shell is thoroughly stripped of its possessions before being sent to the preparation rooms. The contracted workers are intended for simple manual labor and do not have the capacity to search and strip a shell. The faction is not responsible for any possessions lost or items stolen by collectors who have brought the shells to the mortuary. The shell's possessions are to be stored in the receiving room until an initiate can be sent to claim them. Please catalog all possessions in the logbook. Following this list are thousands of entries of bodies that have been sent to the receiving room. As you flip through the rest of the book, however, you notice the last page has been cut out. You tear away the remaining useless pages and carefully fold in the blank parchment, forming a makeshift journal to track your memories. You have to start somewhere. Day 1. Hour unknown. My original journal's gone missing, so I've started a new one. I woke up in a place called the mortuary. I don't know who I am, what I'm doing here, or even how I got here. The only person encountered was a chattering skull called Mort. While he was checking my wounds, he discovered a set of directions tattooed on my back. I know you feel like you've been drinking a few kegs of sticks wash, but you need to center yourself. Among your possessions is a journal that'll shed some light on the dark of the matter. Farad can fill you in on the rest of the chant, if he's not in the dead book already. Don't lose the journal, or we'll be up the sticks again. And whatever you do, do not tell anyone who you are or what happens to you or they'll put you on a quick pilgrimage to the crematorium. Do what I tell you. Read the journal, then find Farad. Did I leave this message for myself? Looks like I'll need to find this Farad and my journal.